2: The Around the NFL Podcast. Call the
1: fight. It's the best <laughs> podcast around.
3: <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Colleen Wolf. What's up? People? Hey Dan. Hey. They like that. People.
1: Yeah, I know that's I- better than female. Yeah, so you're improving.
3: That's yeah, good. this is this again is showing good host listens to feedback. You were you were somewhat offended by me calling you a girl.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that I was offended that you were calling me a girl, but it was just in the delivery. I think, hey, female. So I mean, I I should maybe return the favor. So what's up, male?
3: Hmm. See, I don't like that. It's
1: weird. Yeah,
3: call me boy. Uh, this is the. Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one, loved by many, feared by some. Yeah, in this building. The very dangerous podcast that we have here. And Colleen is sitting in to my right. Uh, She's sitting for the boss, Greg Rosenthal, who is away on some family business. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. We're just happy Connie Fox is here. We heard uh, some travel, a travel fiasco that had you in, in St. Paul, Minnesota just hours ago.
1: <laughs> it was just hours ago. Yeah, I, I traveled from Philly and I almost had to stay the night in St. Paul. But just sort of like a PSA for everybody. If you buy a round trip ticket, especially on Spirit Airlines, it's probably your first mistake. But if you don't take the trip out on the round trip, they will cancel your return.
3: Let's oh, save let's save wow. this for the sports personalities complain about uh, I'm not complaining. That's say, not a complaint. Podcast.
2: She goes right down the Burt Breer pathway there. Burying <laughs> an American airline.
3: What were you gonna say, Wes? I got nothing. Yeah. So
1: not complaining. I'm here. And then I'm you happy. did HQ,
3: which, yeah. as we've said in before, it, yeah. is in an absurd uh, uh, situation where they have all the people on the show come in at like midnight to tape yeah. a show that's uh, running on East Coast time and that starts at 6 a.m., which is 3 a.m. on the Pacific Coast, and yet you're here. I
1: powered through. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's what do a great this.
3: person you are.
1: Thank you, Dan.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to say, "Woman <Boy>. pulled back." <laughs> Boy. Um, all right. Good show today. Like it. Pre-show grade B+. Plus.
2: Okay. You, like it, you like it to some degree. Is that
1: a confident B+. Plus?
3: You got to read my inflection.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, nice show. Nice show. We have... I love this, actually. And this one's got it from the B to the B+, plus for me. Um, probably because it was my idea. But fearless prediction I may live to regret about Ooh. the 2016 season. So we'll go around the horn. And this is where you hang some onions. All right? This is where... Not only, but not, you don't want to be a funny guy like Johnny Chuckles. It's not just about to make everybody laugh. This is something you actually believe will happen.
4: Johnny Chuckles.
3: Yeah. And if you make people laugh in the process, hey, good job with the mirth. But what you're really do this is a real opinion you have about the <clears throat> 2016 season that I'm assuming, if you're doing this right, not many people have, because after all, it is a fearless prediction you may live to regret.
2: That's the part that Johnny Chuckles is not delivering. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's a fraud.
3: <laughs> Check out this one. It's a real bellyache.
1: <laughs> Glad he's not on this podcast.
4: <laughs> he's a ventriloquist. <laughs> I don't
3: know. For some reason, that's what I was. Johnny yeah.
1: Chuckles is a ventriloquist.
3: <laughs> um, that's what he sounds like to me. Uh, we also have a bunch of news to get to. Of course, again, it's a, the slow period of the NFL calendar. But when you our last show is Thursday, things happen. And we're going to talk about it, get you completely uh, caught up to date. And before we do that. We will check behind the glass. There's the Irishman, Dan. You got me worried now with my travel arrangements for Wednesday when I go back east. Like that, I'm gonna have to be, you know, stuck in some random
4: place like St. Paul for hours on end.
3: Look at it, look at the upside. If it goes haywire, yep. You and Connie Fox can co-host the uh, sports personalities complain. About I'm not air complaining. I podcast. never
1: complained. It's a lovely airport. Yeah, you you know, they have a restaurant with kiosks. i shot at Spirit Airlines. <laughs>
3: Uh, Shots fired. Also,
2: you're you're being accurate.
3: Yeah, they let you down. And I, Mark's got the vapors, and we got to get. Oh no!
2: Is it hot (laughs) in the studio? No, it's perfectly (laughs) nice in here. I don't know what's going on. Mark's
3: got the card waving in his face. I got the vapors. Let's do some news. I'm saying here, once and for all, blowing my own horn, that I am the greatest fighter of all times, bar none. Ah, yes, the late Muhammad Ali. Formerly Cassius Clay passed away. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but let's start with some football news. And, uh, yeah, some bad news for the Denver Broncos who um, found out Mark's waving his face. I can't even concentrate. Are you okay, Mark?
2: I am. I will stop doing that. No, no, don't stop. It's just for air.
3: I don't want you to pass out.
1: Are you really distracted by this? A
3: little bit. I well, I'm not as good as a host. Oh, as you my wow. I'm gonna put
2: it down. wow! I'm going to put it down for John.
3: <laughs> what if I? Hold, I'm going to hold up the paper like this. All right, let's start with Broncos <laughs> cornerback Akib Talib, who was shot in the leg on Sunday morning, Sunday morning in Dallas. The team announced uh, over the weekend uh, it was a gunshot wound that. Is not, uh, did not need surgery to repair, but he was shot nonetheless. And NFL media insider, Ian Rappaport, reported, uh, citing sources close to Tlaib, that he's expected to be released Monday from the hospital. Uh, the wound is, quote, minor and only required stitches and medical cleanup, so no major surgery. Uh, Tlaib is 30 years old. He spent uh, his high school years in the Dallas area, um, became a standout NFL corner. And, uh, you know, this is not the type of story you ever want to hear, uh, especially when it's one of the most important defensive players on your team. Right, Wes?
4: No, you don't want to hear it, but I can't say it was surprising considering the player involved. I mean, he's been in and out of trouble ever since he entered the NFL. But good news for the Broncos. It sounds like it was tis but a flesh
2: wound. I mean, he told the Dallas police that he was, in quotes, too intoxicated to remember what happened when he was shot. So. Sounds like uh, a night. It's the kind of thing we're going to talk about here, and we're probably going to learn more and more about as the hours creep along.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when is a when is a gunshot wound really just minor? I mean, I'm sure it, it's not major, but it's, it's still a gunshot wound. Yeah. I mean... A
2: notable and, event.
1: But I guess, like, whether he was at a club or wherever he was, I mean... I feel like this stuff happens. It's sad to say anywhere, all the time. So I mean, I'm how not often gonna... does
4: it happen to you in Santa Monica?
1: Well, yeah, in Santa Monica, does not happen a lot, <laughs> or at Spirit Airlines. But like, I, I just feel like I don't. I, we don't really know what happened, but I'm not going to be mad at him for being at a club.
3: The real tragedy here, by the way, is for Akib Tlaib's wardrobe because it was just last week that he acknowledged that he had spent $3,500 on a new suit that he was wearing for the trip to the White House uh, to see Obama today, Monday. Uh, instead, he's in a hospital. So, mm. sorry about the suit, bro. Let's move on on that somber note. Harrison Smith has signed a uh, big new deal with the Minnesota Vikings. It is worth um, Mondo money. Five years, $51.25 million with a $10 million signing bonus up front and nearly $29 million in guarantees, Rap Sheet reports. The former first-round pick um, has been an all-pro twice. Uh, He's earned two first-team all-pro nods in his first four seasons. Last year, two interceptions, 47 tackles. Wes, what makes Harrison Smith so special?
4: He can do it all. Uh, he's, He's one of the safeties who can cover, tackle well, and he's really good on the blitz, too. So he's like the key piece in Mike Zimmer's defense, and I think if you say that... Earl Thomas is the best safety in the NFL. Harrison Smith's in the discussion for the second best right there with Malcolm Jenkins and and Rashad Jones last season, really.
2: It's always interesting to see when a new coach comes to a team, what players he inherited or prioritized, re-signed, and he fits the Zimmer profile. And I think, you know, Zimmer, I really believe after this season, I'm not saying the Vikings are a Super Bowl team, but I see him as a top-five coach, and I think that we'll, we'll think about him this way after this year.
1: Plus, he's in the NFC North, so he's going to be facing quarterbacks that aren't afraid to sling the ball either. And it makes me wonder, after this deal, what Tyron Matthews is going to get, what Eric Berry is going to get. I mean, those guys are going to get paid massive amounts.
4: Good point. I think Rapsheet has reported that Tyron Matthews will probably become the highest-paid safety in the NFL.
3: Even after the two major knee surgeries.
2: It's interesting. They, they see him as the more, he's, even like beyond Larry Fitzgerald, whose career is coming to an end, as their franchise player. And he's more than just a safety. He's a... Slot corner, and he sometimes lines up at linebacker. He, he does
4: everything.
1: Plus, he's dependable, too.
2: When
3: he's not injured.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Uh, Harrison Smith, also one of the best-looking dudes in the NFL, him and Decker. Right at the top of my power rankings. Have I
2: said too much?
1: I'd like to see this full list.
3: Decker
2: Uh, Decker a little overrated, in my opinion.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa.
2: It comes down to taste. I just don't see him as the most handsome (laughs) player in the NFL. Coming from a guy who has a crush on Doug Peterson. I don't (laughs) – I I actually am recalibrating that coaches, hot coaches list because – Peterson's looking like he's he's you know it's a little too many t- hours in the office, little a little more sun, little more.
1: Though he was out in the sun this weekend, was he, was he was taking batting practice at the ballpark where the Phillies play, and um, the athletic the, type, yeah, the Eagles were all hitting, and uh, he was wearing flip flops, which I thought was an odd choice.
3: That would, mm. hates that. He, really? Shack hates men wearing flip flops. He doesn't think a man should ever show his toes. <laughs> <I'm> Damushek's <laughs> weird. Speaking of Shek, we got maybe we'll get him in here this week, and we'll we'll talk to him about. That and also win West's toaster, uh, which we need to, you know, we got to figure out this toaster situation because I'm not happy about a 2-1 Damashek win in a, a strange round of win West's toaster over Chris. And now he's just going to hold this toaster forever, hold it as long as we're waiting for sandwiches uh, to be sent our way by Sheck for losing uh-uh. uh, in our latest round of go get my lunch props. Well, there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about oh, yeah. in Sheck.
4: That's, that's called pulling a Rosenthal, trying to avoid the competition for many, many months. Well, Greg's
2: <laughs> sole quest was just to bury the segment.
3: Right. That's true. But he can't do it. He can't do it. Let's move on. Hey, Marshawn Lynch won't return to the NFL. Don't listen to any of his ex-teammates. At least that's according to Marshawn Lynch, who had this to say on 60 Minutes Sports, which is apparently a thing. No, I'm done. I'm done, Lynch said. I enjoy pl- my time playing. Now it's time to watch my cousins do their thing. And then he looked at the camera and said this.
1: I'm retired. Is that good enough? Which camera you want me to look into? This right one. To me. I'm done. I'm, I'm not playing football anymore.
3: Lynch has yet to formally fire, file his retirement papers, uh, but he was adamant about his retirement.
1: I wonder why he's waiting to file those papers. Is it just like sort of like it's probably a, boring? I think he's
2: waiting till kind of like, annoying. Yeah. maybe. I mean, he what? He announced his retirement in the middle of the Super Bowl, throwing all sorts of viewers and reporters into total chaos. So he's probably waiting till like humans land on Mars or something to interrupt that event. What big <laughs> event can I interrupt <laughs> with me saying I'm coming back to the NFL?
3: I hated that move. I don't know. I still I don't like how he got praised for it and then. A Rod did the same thing in the World Series a few years back, and he was treated as one of uh, you know members of the Axis of Powers or something. It was because A Rod is a member of the Axis of Powers. Mm. Oh.
1: Well, well, it's such a like oh look at me like how about I get some attention now move I don't like it either.
3: Colleen's calling him a glory boy. I'll translate it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wrong. am,
3: but he's. I mean, d- does this. I know we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and there was an idea. I think it was a split in this room. Oh, we'll see him again, even if it's with a different team. Does hearing Marshawn Lynch say this, Wes, change your opinion at all? Because I think you thought you, we might no, see
4: that. I No, I was listening to that podcast a couple of days later because I wasn't on that day, and I was throwing uh. stuff at my phone. Like, why are you guys taking this so seriously that a couple of teammates think he might come back? Of course he's done. He's done. Throwing pencils at your phone? Did you? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i throwing stuff in my phone. Like, why is why is every nobody there is saying? Of course
2: he's done. He's retired. Well, now you've said it. All
3: right. Uh, let's move on. Clay Matthews. You know, I was gonna file this under a um, trope alert.
0: Trope alert. But. I'm not going to do it because this, to me,
3: this story actually makes sense to me. Clay Matthews had moved inside at linebacker for, what, the last two seasons or the better part of the last two seasons, filling a void on that defense at Green Bay, but wasn't necessarily his strongest position. And now uh, Coach Mike McCarthy said that that Matthews has spent the, quote, majority of his snaps at outside linebacker – in OTAs and here's the quote from Clay Matthews as as I've continued to say I think outside linebacker is my natural most natural position my most impactful position and I think we'll see that on a more consistent basis this season he told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Mark here's my question if everyone knows that he was a much more effective player on the outside why do we burn two years of his prime uh, putting him in the middle
2: it happens to players. I mean, they had a, a total need, but I couldn't agree more that you want him back. This reminds me of the way that Greg operates with his wow. employees. He puts them in a position to succeed. So let's put Matthews back where he's most. Oh,
3: that, that started out as a, a dig are
2: at are Greg, thought, and it wasn't. No, it's they a, shouldn't yeah. be in. Yeah,
3: exactly. During the prime. He
2: was – a defensive player of
4: the year (laughs) candidate at outside linebacker early in his career. And I think you see in the draft outside linebackers go in the first round inside linebackers go in the second and third rounds because they're not as valuable of a position.
1: He's good at that position. He's successful at it. They, it would behoove them to have him play that position. But for some reason, they just didn't have him do it. They kept putting him inside. And that sort of baffles my mind a little bit why they kept doing it. But I guess it happens all the time. They're also
2: a team that ref- they've long refused to sign free agents. And maybe that would have been a time where you find that inside linebacker in free agency so that you don't have to move Matthews over. But that's not how they operate.
1: Imagine how frustrated he's been playing that position, knowing that he's better in the other position.
3: Don't think we uh, didn't miss that behoove. Nice drop. Oh, yeah. thanks. Very improbably. Uh Moving on. JPP, who lost uh, parts of his right hand in a fireworks accident on the 4th of July last summer. Uh, he has different plans this July 4th. This is what he had to say to reporters at Giants OTAs. I won't even be in the United States where I'm going. They don't celebrate the 4th of July. <laughs> Colleen, that's a good idea, isn't it? Get the <laughs> hell out of America. And lay low on old wow. Independence Day. I
1: haven't seen the story yet, that, so yeah. that's amazing. He's leaving the he's leaving the United States altogether to Out. avoid July Fourth completely.
2: Goodbye, I Estados mean, Unidos.
1: I guess it's a smart move. Get what? as far away from it as possible. I
2: mean, by the way, the issue isn't what country he was in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, it might be harder to well, procure fireworks. I think I saw somebody said Haiti maybe was going. It's it probably I mean. harder to get fireworks in Haiti.
4: It's where his parents are from, and I don't think Haitians are celebrating American Independence Day on July 4th. But
3: they might celebrate explosives.
4: I doubt it's
1: it. It's a weird thing. I mean, Colorful why are fireworks explosives. a thing anyway on July 4th? Like, what's the? I feel
4: like they've been around for, what, 1,500 new- years now? Maybe we could move on to something else. I have an uh, uncle.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I have an uncle who... <clears throat> Every time we would go to a, whether it was Fourth of July or some type of place that had fireworks, he would get emotional and he would start to get his eyes would water up. They would well really? up with tears because I think it probably had something to do with his old man who was, had passed by that point. But I never asked, ahead, uh- but I always noticed that he got emotional. I love fireworks, I always, but did. I was never the guy that was like, oh, let's go set him off behind the, the old high school. You were observing them. Yeah, I was an observer. Yeah. If you see one firework display, you've
4: seen them all, right?
3: Not true. I well, think we
1: were together last July 4th, and you were like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why we walked all the way down here to watch fireworks. <laughs> Sounds like true. Wes. <laughs> we
2: had a party at my place, and then <laughs> we walked down to watch it. As yeah, kids, though, like you sit on the front of a car. It does mean something. My,
3: you know. yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. In my coal town where I grew up, Pearl River, every 4th of July they had a firework, so we could see it from our porch. It was a great memory. I like fireworks. Pro fireworks.
4: You'd think they might shy away from fireworks with all that coal around. You don't want the whole place mm. in well, a Because yeah. I know
3: the business. The coal is deep within mm. the, the Earth. Earth's core. Uh, so, And they, the fireworks are a celebration of being above ground. Good analysis on well, the uh, coal town for fireworks scenario. Uh, coal resonance. Mm. Finally.
1: <laughs> coal
0: <Lightful. story. laughs>
3: um Yeah, now it's time for some trope alerts.
0: Troop alert. Tropelat. Alert.
3: alert. Bucks linebacker alert. Levante David says that the Tampa Bay defense can be, quote, the best defense ever. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Put it on me. I'm going to say it. NFL history, Bucks history, anything. <laughs> anything. Wow. That's, funny. That's just the type of attitude we have. And Kevin Patrick, who we love, our Chicago correspondent, inserts here, insert obligatory offseason eye roll. It's about right. I mean, Are the Bucks going to be top ten on defense? On. I mean, let's
4: let's aim for being top twenty-five.
1: Best in NFL history. I mean, best in Bucks history would be amazing if they were able but to the, do that. I remember that two thousand two team that beat of the, the best Eagles. Defenses of
4: all time.
3: Yeah, A long time ago. Then two thousand fifteen, the Bucks defense ranked twenty-sixth in the NFL, allowing an average of twenty-six point one one points per game. Uh, tenth in yards allowed. So there's. I, there's Working. I really
4: like what they've got going on on offense. They've got a great nucleus now. It's very interesting. I am far from sold on the defense. They, w-
2: what are the impact players? Levante, David, Gerald McCoy, and that's the list. Feels kind of like a somewhat covert shot at Lovey Smith. We got him out of the building. The defense is going to take a major step. I think Ooh. that's a fair shot. Trope alert.
0: alert. I like her. Trope
2: alert. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Jackson
3: has this to say about (laughs) cornerback Justin Gilbert. He's been sensational. He's done everything we've asked him to do the way we've asked him to do it. One of my favorite offseason tropes, draft bust, turning the corner in a desperation season. Mark.
2: Well, the one thing about Hugh Jackson is he has been exceedingly across the board positive about every single player on the roster. And there is no one, with Johnny Manziel not in Cleveland, Justin Gilbert is the absolute number one point of suspicion. I won't believe a word of it. Josh Gordon's up there too. Well, Gordon's not literally on the field right now, but yes, you're right. But we've seen Josh Gordon produce at a big-time level. Justin Gilbert... Played less slaps, less snaps last year than the year before, and with him, it's not is he physically talented. His he had teammates come out of the woodwork to say this guy's head is not in the game. So if he can turn that around, we'll see. But that's a lot to take on. He I'm, seems almost
4: universally reviled by teammates and coaches in Cleveland <laughs> over the last two years.
2: <laughs> You're not wrong. I think it, I think some teammates said it's a little bit different right now. But again, it's June. You, you gotta we gotta see this in September.
3: Justin Gilbert rather have Dilbert. In my secondary uh, comic book joke, nailed wow. it. He seems yeah. mobile, nailed it. Dilbert home runs. Uh, <laughs> and finally, yes, sad news in the sports world. Uh, broke on Friday night. Muhammad Ali, the greatest, he was known as, died at age 74. Complications uh, connected to Parkinson's disease, which he had battled for over 30 years. Uh, I was a little too young, I missed Ali. Uh, his career ended right when, right after I was born, basically. But um, he still is a guy that – a huge figure. And it actually, I was watching some – I watched a George Foreman fight. Um, I think it was the Thriller in Manila? Mm-hmm. Was that the Foreman fight? See, I think that was the Frazier fight. That so was the Frazier there. fight. But the fr- fight before that was the Foreman fight where he recaptured the title. Rumble in the jungle? At age 32. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it made me jealous, and it, made, it reminded me of being a kid watching Mike Tyson fights, how excited, how exciting it was to be a boxing fan and how I kind of, I wanted to talk to my dad about it, how excited it must have been when Ali was in his prime because he was such a, not only one of the greatest boxers ever, maybe the greatest boxer ever, but one of the great showmen and personalities and guy that that fought for things, fought for things that he believed in, didn't care uh, what the the mainstream and what the establishment thought. He was a titan in American history in the 20th century. Wes?
4: Name me or find me a more impactful quote by an athlete than no Viet Cong ever called me it's the greatest quote by an athlete in America, I think. It's the most impactful, most revolutionary quote. He was willing to give up three years of his prime mm-hmm. and jail time to sit out the Vietnam War, which was dividing the country. And he was the most admired athlete by African-Americans in the country, probably in the world. He At one time in his career, he might have been the most popular human being on the planet.
3: Also a controversial guy, he was vilified for those same views by a large segment of society, and he wasn't afraid to kind of draw that line and say, "This is who I am." Get on this side or the other side, uh, which you had to give him credit for. Uh,
4: well, go ahead. I was going to say he basically invented swagger for an athlete too. I mean, that's him—trash talking, swagger—and you can call him. And po- he was good at
3: it. So many people He's are bad at, at, good it. at it. He's yeah. great at it. He,
4: he was absolutely polarizing, but I think when you look back, he stands on the right side of history.
1: He became this amazing symbol of defiance, and he was so charismatic, and he was so controversial at the same time, but it was like he demanded attention anywhere he was, and he was just everything he did was entertaining, whether he was in the rink or whether he was just talking.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys did a good job calling on HQ this morning, where there was a lot of Ali coverage on the NFL Network this morning, but one thing that was said was that along with Howard Cosell, the two of them, and they had a fascinating relationship that they came into bloom along with television sports, and that Ali has to be up there as, if not the best, top two or three most fascinating athlete to listen to. He was a poet. I thought he was. An, a, he went so far beyond boxing, but boxing never would have, you know, been what it was on any level without Ali. I mean, we grew up watching Mike Tyson. I remember getting right. together with tons of fathers and sons to watch that Tyson fight that went 90 seconds. Some guys popping popcorn and it was over before he even came in the room. But we wouldn't have been there even caring. The fathers wouldn't have been there caring if it weren't for Ali.
1: And Howard Cosell, I mean, he was the, one of the first people in the media to actually call Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali. And that was one of the yeah. things that I think forced that their bond together because he did not call him Cassius Clay, which he didn't want. Also, one of the great things that we were watching today, and I saw some amazing articles um, when uh, Lyle Alzado and him fought in Mile High Stadium. And it was like in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the day. And the fact that he did that, Alzado did that, I mean, that would be such a crazy spectacle now. If you had somebody like J.J. Watt, um, go in the ring against Conor McGregor or something. I mean, it, it, it was hmm. so insane. And he ended up putting his entire house as collateral to cover promotional costs. I mean, the whole thing w- was such a show.
4: Born in Louisville, a southern city, several gener- generations removed from slavery, and he ends up spending the final 30 or 40 years of his life hanging out with kings, presidents, celebrities of all type. He reached the top of the world. To me, the thing that stands out the most is, and mind you, I have seen what Parkinson's does to a person. My grandpa passed away from Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Most of the people out there now have a story of him post-fighting career after he already had Parkinson's. And for what he did for over 30 years, mind you, still have that mentality of, I want to make your day, even though my day is absolutely terrible. Uh, that's the thing to me that shows that how strong he really was.
3: Well said, Irishman. Yes, he, he did a lot for Park- Parkinson's and the research and awareness. Muhammad Ali, dead at 74. All right, folks. Before we move on and talk about uh, our fearless predictions, Mark, you wanted to share uh, some things. We call this section, Mark Sessler has concerns about the boss.
2: Oh, God. Well, I have concerns not about the boss, who's done an excellent job from wire to wire here at NFL Media, but <laughs> the uh, when he's gone, You know, I've been here since 6.30 this morning just observing Mm. the behavior of people that report to Greg. Oh, interesting. I'm going to give you a few details. Do you have a full
1: report on this? Yeah,
2: because, I mean, what would a good employee do other than to give Greg information about what was happening (laughs) while he was gone? And it starts, I mean, look, Chris, very valuable asset here at NFL Media. But today, however, I logged the time at 12.14 p.m., I had to ask uh, Chris Westling to sit down in his chair. Uh, he was getting up, and this is just, you know, Greg's not around. I just get up out of my chair and do whatever I want versus working. And <laughs> Westling tells me that he's getting up to go look for, in quotes, a post-it note. And I think uh, we can agree, Wes, that I explained to you that you're not allowed to simply get up and roam around the building just because the cat is away. Hashtag be a professional.
4: Well, this did happen, and I thought I was a little taken aback by it. I was doing (laughs) a book review. Why were you looking for a post-it note? I'm doing book reviews. It's this uh, project that I've undertaken that is dragging on and on. It's the And I needed post-it notes to mark some excerpts in the book. So Mark was on me. And then at one point, I went up to use the
2: printer, and Mark's like, sit back down right now. Sit back down. There was a pattern to your behavior. Now, uh, Dan, highly productive.
4: Oh, thanks, buddy.
2: Uh, nose to the grind- to grindstone type stuff. It did concern me though that um, director of programming, handsome Hank, yeah. with Greg gone, this is more about Henry than Dan, who was just obedient. That you know Henry just swooped in and leaned very hard on one of Greg's employees to do his own bidding. Yeah, uh, that that's concerning. I'm going to pass that on to Greg when he gets back here. There
3: are power plays all over the place between Henry using his influence, and then. You using your influence over Wes telling him to sit down. That's well, a power play doing by doing you. doing that.
2: That's, into, that's for Greg. Yes. <laughs> You're a loyal <laughs>
3: servant to Greg.
2: Uh, the third thing, because we all have this guy on our radar, suspended softballer David Ely. I, I couldn't really track him very closely because he sits 20 feet away in a tediously uh, loud portion of our newsroom. So it's hard to hear everything that he's doing. Yeah. But one of uh, his coworkers, uh, Shona Holag Brassy.
3: Yeah, Brassy. That's who we know as
2: Brassy. She wrote this, uh, an email to me to fill me in on uh, Ely's, frankly, devil-may-care antics, according to what she has to say. Oh, no. In quotes, she said, in Greg's absence, Ely has not stepped up to the plate and has disappointed us in the following ways. One, Ely spent most of his morning talking about how many bottles of rosé he downed over the weekend from Brassy. Greg would never drink rosé, and Brassy is right. That checks out. Uh two. Two and final point. I also believe, according to Brassie, I heard Ely refer to Greg as, in quotes, that guy who thinks he's my boss. Oh now she cannot oh. confirm that, but she belie she was she wasn't in the conversation, but that's what she overheard. I reached out to Ely for comment as of the start of this podcast, crickets.
4: Hmm.
3: Wow. Well that's a good uh that's Mark Sessler, Intrepid Reporter.
2: What's your takeaway
3: from this? Um habitual brown noser <laughs>
2: No, 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 no. See, I like how you can spin it that way, (laughs) but Greg's going to come back, you know, where am I? I'm in the dark. What happened while I was gone? I'm going to give him this report. Yeah,
1: besides, you had a
2: glowing review. Well, Well, I knew this segment would go south if I criticized Dan, so. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to how it it did go. Wow. Well, that's fair. Maybe on its own merits it didn't take off. Chief, <laughs> Chief Apple polisher, Mark Sessler. When the, when the real
4: teacher gets back, he's going to report on the substitute teachers.
3: You're that guy. You're the TA.
2: Well, so I'm doing what I'm, I'm being a professional, Dan. Okay.
3: All right. Mark Sessler at it again. Let's Great move job, on. buddy. Mark, thank you for the report. Uh, Greg, hopefully you're listening to the show and you're getting all this
2: info. Who knows
3: if Greg's going to listen.
2: Well, that's where he would go on to the Coles if he's not even listening to the show. So let's not tell him. Let's see if he notices.
3: All right. It's, it's time now to move on Two, yes, fearless prediction I may live to regret. And, again, I stress this with, with peace and love. You must hang on onions here. You must put yourself out on a limb. If you don't, what are we even here for? And I'm not looking at you specifically, Colin. You're just
1: like yelling in my direction. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> all of us, I hope we are all bringing our A game because it may, it may decide how the segment goes. Wow. So we're going to start out with Mark, who is fresh off his intrepid reporting of the newsroom politics. He will now give us a fearless prediction he may live to regret. I believe this. Good start.
2: And I will be laughed at. The Cleveland Browns, talked about as the no-brainer worst team in all sports, will not finish in last place in the AFC North. Wow. Wow. You believe it. I believe it. I did not two months ago. I do right now. Does this coincide
4: with your statement on the last podcast that Cincy will take a dirt nap?
3: It feels like it does. Well, let's, let's look at the division. If the Browns aren't finishing in last place, that means somebody else is and the Bengals, I guess, are a Maybe candidate. It's the
1: Ravens.
3: The Ravens were terrible last year, but beat up, and they have a great coach and a great GM. The Steelers, I think everyone, probably the favorite to win the division. So you're looking at either probably, tell us if you're wrong, if we're wrong, or I'm wrong, the Ravens or Bengals, to really slip up and the Browns to kind of move up the ranks.
2: Yes, the Steelers, to me, are a Super Bowl contender.
4: I don't do this often, but I have to uh, defend my home city here.
2: Wow. Exactly. What?
4: This is, this is uh, disrespectful, and every year we kind of crap on the Bengals and don't give them the respect they deserve. We don't predict they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're as talented as any team in the league, and I don't think the Browns have even a 1% chance of finishing ahead of the Bengals. The
2: Bengals are not necessarily my target here, okay. but I, I think the Bengals have talent too. I think weird things can happen. We saw what happened to the Ravens last year. If the right players get injured, the team can go very south. That's so very I'm not true. saying that looking at it today, it's logical. But the NFL season is a weird beast. And, again,
3: this is a fearless prediction you may live to regret.
2: I probably will.
3: You are a factory of sadness. But I do like – I do like (laughs) – He just rolled his
1: eyes and (laughs) shrugged. I mean, come on.
3: (laughs) But I I do like that, again, it is showing it is much better than this time last year where you were so upset about Cleveland that you weren't even going to watch their games. You're in. You're, You're hopeful. Believe Land is in town.
2: I think they've got their act together in terms of being on the same page with each other.
3: Good. All right, that was a good one. Perfect example. That's great. The Browns not finishing in last place. They have a a, a roster devoid of talent, a a, a terrible history, uh, you know, suspect uh, front office leadership. However, this is the year they move up. Fearless Wes.
4: You know, during May and June, which is chief trope season in the NFL. Of course. We all are guilty of, every fan, every analyst is guilty of just taking the previous season and putting that under a microscope and ignoring the year before, and the year before that, and all other data. Green Bay Packers are going to break records this year on offense. That's my fearless prediction. It was just last June when Mike McCarthy was saying, or last offseason, Mike McCarthy was saying, this will be the best offense pro football has seen if we can improve on one or two things. They have the same personnel, except they've added people. They've added Jared Cook. They've added some offensive linemen. They've added a healthy Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobb's going to be playing in a slot and will be healthy. Eddie Lacy slimmed down. I love everything about this offense this year.
3: Does it spook you at all that, listen, Jordy Nelson, losing him for the year was obviously a crushing blow, and Randall Cobb was never right, and Eddie Lacy had his problems. But Aaron Rodgers also wasn't quite himself last year that does not spook me at all
4: because when before defense is adjusted to the fact that James Jones is incredibly slow and can't get open and that Randall Cobb can't beat double teams before that happened Aaron Rodgers September was the best month I've ever seen any quarterback play I think everything that happened the rest of the year was totally on his coaches and teammates and not on Aaron Rodgers
1: yeah, and we saw him struggle as the season went on, so I felt like it was just more of a product of his receivers not being reliable and him just getting burned and then him just getting sort of loosey I don't want to say loosey goosey, but you know, he, he was sort of kind of lost at some points in the pocket. He's the and best player in
2: the NFL and it, that was a problem. half decade. Right. Are we it going to concern me at all? Are we going to talk about two and a half months of play or the rest of his career? Uh, and 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 Wesley, you know if you want to go back and listen to old podcasts he was you were one of the first to say that the broncos under manning would have that one season where they broke records and you talked about the patriots last year which i think that could have absolutely been the case again had you not lost Deion lewis had some of the injuries not happened so i mean the packers are not just getting one or two they're getting like the core of their offense back and especially if Eddie lacy is kind of a slim down oh my god they're going to be so good Please. McCarthy's back to calling
4: the plays
3: to set the scoring record, just to give some perspective here um, in a season for a team, which I imagine is that one of the records you're referring to? Yes. The record is held by the 2013 Broncos, 606 points to break that record. The Packers would have to average average 38 points a game. So that is one of the tougher team records are to break. But I, I'm with you, Wes. I feel like it, now everything has to click. Lacey does have to Absolutely. be Lacey again. Cobb has to be healthy. Jordy Nelson has to come back. He's 31, 32 years old coming off that ACL. And then Rodgers, everything has to you know, coalesce. But Let's
4: not forget what they were saying about Devontae Adams at this time last year. I know he had as bad of a season as you could possibly have. But Rodgers was talking about it has a guy who is no doubt going to be a star, has the swagger of a number one receiver. And he took it as there's no question this guy's going to break out. It was kind of a Murphy's Law kind of year. Everything went poorly, but I still believe in
3: Devontae Adams.
1: And Ty Montgomery, too. Ty Montgomery, oh. Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis, people. Excited. Dan's
2: boy
3: Jeff. Get excited for <laughs> Jeff Janis because he's crossing 750 yards with seven touchdowns.
2: One quick question to you because <laughs> yeah. for that to happen, they also have to have a defense that's keeping opponents off the field. You can't have long drive. You just got to shut people down. Or Is the if defense, defense up the it gives side? up a
4: lot of points, so you have to get involved in shootouts.
3: All right.
2: That's another way to look at it. Now,
3: here's one thing. I don't know. Was that a fearless prediction? I don't know if it was fearless. That, it was I could a have well well-reasoned, I'm, I could have said they'll thoughtful have the best, prediction. best
4: offense in the NFL. Instead, I went for breaking records.
3: Okay. Mm. It's That's fearless.
1: true. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, how about this one? Meanwhile, on the yeah. throne of sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> we, come, we, we come in peace. Friendly. I say we trust them. How great for our planet! Father Time. Oh my whoa, God! Whoa. Listen to it. Whoa! Nothing there. Father Time. Or winter. Father Time, at long last, calls his son Tom Brady. It's time to come home, Tom. Well, he's not gonna die.
1: Well, I'm not, like, where are you going with this? <laughs>
3: Tom Brady will live. <laughs> Decades longer. I'm Maybe into his 90s if everything goes well. Maybe with the way he treats his body, he'll be 130 years old by the time uh, he breathes his last breath. I hope so. Okay. However, as an elite talent in the NFL, behind center, I know people have been saying it for years. I think I've been one of them. This is the year that he shows signs of slippage. And let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to get into details. Talk about living to regret. He's going to miss those four games. He ain't getting them back. He will throw more interceptions this season than in his 2014 and 2015 season combined. Uh, that is, I believe, nine. nine no, We get the number right for you guys.
2: <laughs> Whoa. Uh,
3: no, nine he threw in 14, seven, and 15. So 16. He's going to throw more than 16 interceptions. He will post a passer rating below 90 for the third time in the last 10 years. And buffoons across America – will be calling for Jimmy Garoppolo by December. Wow. Even though, because they'll do well.
1: Trope alert. <laughs> alert. What are you West. saying?
3: I'm calling a trope alert on people trying, what are you to, saying?
4: people trying to bury Troop Tom Brady alert. every offseason for the last three years as no longer Elite and Father Time's catching up to him. This is a trope. Pipe down, Wes, with your <laughs>
3: gutless predictions. Mine's fearless. <laughs> it's happening this year. And I've said it before, and people always say it. But guess what? Now it happens. 39 years old this year. Tell me who has not been taken by Father Time by age 40 in this league. Look at Peyton Manning. Brett Favre. Best best year of his career. Brett Favre couldn't even walk by his 40th birthday. He had
4: a 112 passer rating in his 40th birthday.
3: It is time for you to realize that he's not always going to be Tom Terrific. And that starts in 2016. Get ready, America.
1: Ah! So this is just all him. I mean, this has nothing to do with the team. It's just him...
3: I didn't say that. Father time. I didn't say that. I, I think it could be a number of factors. I, I do like his, his support around him. I don't love it necessarily, especially with uh, Deion Lewis coming back from a knee injury. Who knows what you're going to get from him. But I think that uh, it's just slippage. It won't be a fall off the cliff Peyton Manning season, but it will be a season in which he regresses. And is, is kind of like Darrell Rivas last season, how he was still very good, but he was no longer viewed as the best that will be Tom Brady's 2016 season. I
2: mean, when it happens, it happens pretty quick to these guys. And it's it's sad to it's just depressing to watch. Not uh, for Jets fans. No, I mean, I think that's the part Sion. of this is you're kind yeah. of waiting for it as a Jets fan too. Yeah. I don't blame you. But the only my argument would be this. That Tom Brady, one thing he'll be looked back back upon as as changing the way quarterbacks take care of their bodies. And we don't have to buy into it, but the proof is what he's done on the field, he's shown literally no signs of regression. So it would have to come out of nowhere. So it is a bold prediction.
4: Yeah, I think it would have to involve an injury, a serious injury, yeah, or a nagging injury that
3: which can happen been, because when you get old, happen. your body starts to break down. Farv to Wes's point, Farv had one of his best seasons in Minnesota at age forty. But by age 41, he couldn't even throw the ball anymore and ended the season on the sideline. And so, that
4: guy wasn't even eating Himalayan pink salt.
3: <laughs> no, but I mean. No he,
1: nightshades.
3: Yeah, but like, uh, you know, Favre is kind of the outlier. Uh, everyone else ever has been done by age 37 or 38. Warren Moon. And, uh, well, okay. I mean, do you want to go down the list of all the stars that broke just down? Say, well, I'm saying that the What Or do NFL- you want to name two guys that were decent at age 40? Come
4: I on. think, well, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in history, so he's the outlier. I don't think the normal rules apply to him. And also...
3: How can he be the outlier when he hasn't gotten to the age 40 area yet? you got to wait to well, see. Well, who's
4: played as well as he had for... Who was an MVP? Peyton at 38-39 for a couple straight years. Peyton Manning. Also, Tom Brady and all today's athletes have much better technology, nutrition, weightlifting routines than anybody had even 10 years ago.
3: Um, Warren Moon's last big season came at age 39. So, and then he kind of fell off a cliff. Not true. So, well... Check it out. Check it wow, out. Wow. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Fill in scientist heat. Yeah. He's a, you know,
3: <laughs> Moon was a nice player, but uh borderline Hall of Fame type guy. Did he make the Hall of Fame? Yeah, uh, he did. At age really.
2: 41,
4: he threw for 25 touchdowns in an era when 25 touchdowns was rivaling for the league lead. Let's not go crazy. Led the league in yards passing yards Whoa. per game at what? age 41. Uh, Let's not go uh, crazy. Oh, oh no! no!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who will will ever forget that 1997 Seahawks team, please? Warren Moon. Carrying
4: my team to the fantasy football championship that year.
3: Whatever. It just shows you've been playing too long, old man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Colleen. Oh, I can't wait for this
1: season. All right, all right, all right. So get ready to be wowed by this one. Colin Kaepernick will not only be named the starter, but he's going to have a career year with Chip Kelly. All right, so logic would say, oh, you know, they're in the NFC West and that's a tough division and that defense really struggled. Now it's going to be terrible in an up-tempo system. Oh, you have a cocktail of Tory Smith and Quentin Patton and Bruce Ellington. Deadly Does not matter because Chip Kelly and Colin Kaepernick – are going to be perfect for each other. Colin Kaepernick is what Chip Kelly has been looking for, and Chip Kelly is what Colin Kaepernick is wow. looking for. Wow. Mm. And he is going to get a career year out of him, just like he did out of Nick Foles, out of Mark Sanchez, out of Sam Bradford. It's happening.
2: I like it.
3: That is that is fearless. It is. Especially since he... Onions. Last time we saw him, he was like 140 pounds, and he has not been cleared for any activities. <laughs> and, and
1: Chip Kelly said that him and Blaine Gabbert are similar players.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, except Blaine Gabbert's more accurate.
1: Yeah.
3: It <laughs> uh, doesn't matter. I see your thought <laughs> process. I, I see where you're going with the Colleen and I and I like the onions on display. Um I wonder if this is would have been better like two years ago as it uh, doesn't in terms matter. Of logic. Is is Kaepernick? Is he too far gone physically and mentally to put it back together on a bad Niners team? I think you gotta. It would be a huge upset for this to happen. But it would
1: be. I'm. I'm well, it's big onions. I was sitting in the parking lot thinking about this on zero hours of sleep, <laughs> and I'm confident in my prediction.
4: Uh, you know what surprised yeah. me most about this is, as I recall, you are not the biggest Chip Kelly fan.
1: I'm not. I'm not. So this is. I'm really. How going much out does this tie into here.
3: your lack of sleep?
1: Um, probably a lot. I did say Lucy goosey earlier, and I've never used that term before in my life, and back. I'm still thinking about it right goosey now. Goosey? I don't know where it came from.
3: Are you bringing Lucy goosey back?
1: I'm not. I'm not trying goosey. to bring it back. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm getting I brought
3: hot. back the no, Dean no. scream. It's possible. You got the vapors?
1: I know. I got I'm the vapors. The no. I'm
2: right now fanning down, Colleen. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I think huh. it's, if it happened, it would be one of the great stories because if you want to t- – I can't th- find a coach-quarterback pairing where both sides are more maligned by people right now. Chip Kelly's stock has never been lower at the NFL level, and Colin Kaepernick, a wonder boy a few seasons ago, is considered persona non grata at this point, and maybe sometimes that's how these – let's lift each other out of this. I think it me feel- and
1: Colin Kaepernick weigh the same right now.
2: <laughs> he is not a muscle bound. Uh, well, he is actually, but he's kind of. Well, how would Strawny? you describe him, Dan?
3: Uh, he is lanky. Why did I bring you down? This alley? trying day? to be nice. Uh, <laughs> he's
4: like uh, he's
2: he's got he's a little manziel right now in the body. Yeah, he's a little.
3: He's an well, injured professional athlete who hasn't been able to lift weights. Apparently,
2: that's your that's the key thing holding up. Is he healthy? Will he be? We'll find out.
3: Um. So, all right. So we brought back the Dean Scream. Colleen says she's not bringing back Lucy Goosey, <laughs> no. despite her comment earlier today. Good move.
1: I don't know. Can we edit that out? Did I? No. All <laughs> <Okay. laughs> right.
3: Did I mention? I don't know if I brought this up on an earlier podcast. Um, because I'm so excited about Dean Scream, um, I was thinking of bringing back. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Oh no. no,
2: God! Wow. Uh, Get to the next thing. That that is a that is a bad idea. Like,
3: you are the weakest link. Goodbye. What do you think? I'm not officially announcing it, that I'm bringing it back. I
2: I think maybe
1: think about it a little bit more. Workshop it. Sleep on that one. Don't Don't be so
4: loosey-goosey with the things you're bringing back.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Help.
3: (laughs) Uh, All right. Good job, guys. Nice predictions, many of them fearless. (laughs) We'll see if you live to regret them. And that is it for Monday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, Connie Fox, get some sleep.
1: I know. Aaron Rodgers is not lo- – he was not loosey-goosey last year. Let's just, like – let me just throw that out there because I know I'm going to get <laughs> no, eat oh, all about that on Twitter. I need to go to bed. So
3: take us through this now. Is it straight back to the Fox den right now? Yeah. For Fox t- hours of slumber? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. How it's many like, hours?
3: Like, when will you – are you doing HQ tomorrow?
1: I am. So I usually – I get up for that around 11. So, yeah, I might just, like, go home and go to bed. Now,
2: I don't know how you can. I could never just on command fall asleep in the middle of the day.
1: Oh, I have like I have a whole system. I have like this industrial fan going. I tie like a sock around my head. So <laughs> like no light gets into my eyes.
3: <laughs> can we can <get> like <laughs> video of this. <laughs> if you if you get us video that we promise to take out your loosey goosey reference.
1: <laughs> OK, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, though. Yeah.
3: All right. So that's it. We'll have a special guest. Uh, in the studio next time uh, we're here. And also a little later in the week, uh, we might have a member of the Arizona Cardinals in the studio. So, a lot of Whoa. stuff coming up this week on the Around the NFL podcast. Greg will be back uh, on Wednesday, so make sure uh, you uh, rejoin the boss as well. Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, Connie Fox, to your lair you go. Yeah. And the Irishman behind the glass. Wednesday
1: and now the story of America 3. Chapter 16, Part B.
2: They crossed a half-melted train track into what remained of the old city. Everywhere around them, wasted storefronts, fractured throughways, vistas of total collapse, no sign of human life. Over the hilltop, the shrill cry of a vortex gull interrupted their walk. Rhodes gripped her weapon and said to Wolf, keep going with your list. Um, Cool Ranch Doritos, Funyuns. Uh, Quarter Pounders, those tubs of ice cream, the one with the chocolate vanilla strawberry, what was it called, Wolf asked? Neapolitan. Do the TV one now, Roadset. said. Family Ties, Boy Meets World, I Dream of Jeannie, Voltron, uh, Shaza Sunset, the reunion of... <coughs> Hold up, Roadset. said. The Vortex skull was overhead, circling, descending, unaware of the duo as it landed on a patch of cement in front of what used to be a hybrid Exxon gas station slash car wash. Nobody had used any form of petrol since 2019. The concept of oil was a child's myth. The V-Gull was killed instantly as the Zyconian laser arrow from Lindsay's four mega-soul-destroyer crossbow ripped through the bird's nerve center. Dinner, said Rhodes. They built a fire inside the hushed remains of a white brick structure that served 25 years ago as a two-star YMCA. The now-dead Vortex Gull crackled over the fire. Wolf and Rhodes took turns peeling streaks of tangerine colored meat off the bone. I really miss beer, said Wolf. I miss waking up on the couch after a house party, jugs of wine everywhere and Al Pacino roaring on some distant television at three fifteen AM.
0: Just when I
1: thought I was out. They pulled me back in.
2: I got a job for us, Rhodes said over the firelight. High risk, high reward. I'll listen, said Wolf. Why will I listen? Because we're eating a bird that tastes like Capri Sun meshed with Chex Mix. It's a big job, said Rhodes. A sea bean, one of their heavies, Ty Zephyr 9, their chief nautical map maker," said Rhodes. We have a Soul Destroyer crossbow, one M-Vault pistol, and a knife that three decades ago struggled to cut watermelon, Wolf said suspiciously. Look, we can get out of this gun for higher life if we take down Ty Zephyr, Rhodes said. Then let's hand Ty Zephyr a one-way ticket back into the godless sea, said Wolf. We rise at pre dawn, said Rhodes. We'll need to kill and steal the entire way. We'll need to triple our arsenal by the time we get to New Iowa. My calendar's wide open, said Wolf. That night, they slept beside the fire, capping another lost day in the drifting Badlands of America 3. In the morning, they'd move east. Yeah, listen up. Hi, hide, hide now. Hey, Danny, you picked the wrong lover. Should I pick that one? is good than the other. I just want to laugh because you're trying to be a hipster. Kick it to the curb, take a portal Royce
1: picture. But
2: even if the stars and moon collide, I never want you back into my life. You can take your words, ignore your life. Oh,
1: oh,
0: oh. I really don't care. You go into your shower feeling tired. Come.